Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That is, of course, a theme from Jap. Oscar-winning movie music by our own Isaac Hayes. Um, Richard Roundtree, who played John Shaft in that film, died, I believe, yesterday. Uh couple questions about that um how big like isaac what tell me a little bit about isaac hayes's music career he uh, he and he did once sing the national anthem at the uh at a grizzlies opener didn't he didn't uh, he I, I don't think that's like high on his resume so i, no, I don't know but i don't remember yeah um I, I don't remember whether he did or not al yeah. green did once um yeah. i don't know about the i don't you may be making that up or maybe not i'm not i really don't know yeah um Isaac Hayes, local guy, Manassas High School, I believe, started out as a um, in-house songwriter and session musician for Stax Records during sort of the golden era of the 60s. Had a songwriting partnership with David Porter, wrote lots of great songs, including Soul Man and Hold On, I'm Coming. And then in the late 60s, he emerged as a solo artist in his own right and became the biggest star at Stax post Otis Redding. His style was a lot more sort of progressive soul, a lot of artier stuff, you know, long, you know, 15-minute songs, that kind of thing. And he became sort of a more more of a visual icon, you know, with his look, the whole Black Moses look with the shaved head and the clothes and the whole deal. And so, you know, started out as a behind-the-scenes guy and then became a very much in-the-scenes guy in the late 60s and in the 70s. And uh, the movie... Uh, how significant was the movie? I mean, the movie was a big deal culturally. It's a good movie. It's more important than good, although I think it is good. But it was sort of an example of it came out of this sort of explosion of sort of black or at least black oriented filmmaking. Not all were made by black filmmakers in the 70s that that got the, the name, which is a sort of a debatable name, but it got the name black exploitation in that era. Um, but Shaft was sort of, it, it was a claim on the classic movie star, movie action hero, James Bond kind of vibe for a black audience and with a black star. And so that's the main thing it's known for. It was a, we can, we get this kind of hero too. Uh, by the way, I have, uh, Sam Hardiman has, has tweeted this out, but I, has, has texted me, but it's also true. He, I, this is not high in his career accomplishments. But he sang the national anthem before Game Four of the 2004 Western Conference, uh, whatever. But uh, uh, 
at some point. Game four, 2004 playoffs, evidently. All right. So that would have been the first round. Um, that, that's the Hubie Fratello era. He also sang. He was the voice of Chef on South Park as well. He also sang between the Wizards and the Grizzlies. I bet that was an opener. I bet that was an opener. So he has, yeah. He has uh, multiple oh, times. Okay. Anyway, that, that was a, that was a terrible game. I don't remember that, but I remember the game. Uh, you do remember that game? Well, I was going through the. Um, I was. Going I believe that, that. I believe that was the first the first um, regulation game in the pyramid. That, uh, not in the in the forum. That was the FedEx Forum opener. Not not counting preseason. Oh, that's right. So the FedEx yeah. Forum opener that would have been right because they played three years at FedEx Forum, I think. Right. So they, they they at the pyramid at the pyramid. Right? Yeah. They they. They, those three years, they opened with losses at the Pyramid to Detroit, Dallas, and the Celtics. I have no particular – I do have some memory of the Detroit one, but only because I've gone back and read that column about that, and that's really – I don't – and then, yes, the first game at FedEx Forum was a 103-91 to loss to uh, Washington, and Isaac Hayes uh, sang the national anthem there, and that was a terrible game. But there have been – It was a, a, Washington, it was a uh, Washington team that, like, had, like – like, I don't even remember, like four of its five best players were out the injury. It was one of those kind of things. So it's not just that they lost. It was like people did not think they were going to lose that game right. given who they were playing that night. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Jeffrey was remembering. Jeffrey, the one you were remembering was 2015 to Cleveland. Correct. Uh, 106 to 76. Correct. And I believe the, I believe the Cavs <laughs> were on the one. second night of a back-to-back, too. Because um, they opened up, I think, on national, whatever, the, the national game, and then they came into town and just absolutely curb stomped them. They've, they've had a bunch. They're 5 and 17 in openers, Chris. 5 and 17 in openers. Um, in home openers, though, they are 9 and 13 in home openers. And then, and as Jeffrey likes to point out, they've won the last two against Cleveland and the Knicks. Um, so there you go. I like opening night. Are you a fan of opening night generally, Chris? Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like basketball. I uh-huh. like having a basketball team in town, and I like getting back into the season. And yeah, yeah opening night has you know more pop and circ- pomp and circumstance exactly. than most other games. And like you know, here we go. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Uh, and yet here we go without now added to the list. Santi Aldama. So yesterday, I believe you went through for me the the likely players to play in the rotation. Let's do it. Let's do the revised. What do you expect the rotation will be tonight, Chris? You can start with the starters and then go from there. Um, I don't think, you know, know starters, starters nothing's right. going to ch- change yeah. there. So that's going to be Smart, Bain, Zaire Williams, um, Jaron Jackson, uh, Xavier Tillman Sr., barring surprise. Yep. Um, Derek Rose, Luke Kennard, David Roddy. Those are sure things off the bench. And then the question is, are you, are you playing nine? Are you playing ten? Are you playing eight? Uh, Taylor Jenkins tends to play 10, no matter as long as he's got 10 players to play. So if we make that assumption, you're choosing two among John Conchar, Jake LaRavia, Kenneth Lofton. Conchar only played one game in the preseason. I don't think it was injury-related. He had some kind of personal absence thing. My assumption is that you would, you know, in terms of just raw pecking order, like Conchar is someone who would play, but that they're so small. And so... I mean, at least one of LaRavia and Lofton are going to get into the rotation tonight, I would assume. And you might get both. And, like, both those guys are really under the spotlight now in terms of can they actually help you this season or not. Uh, yeah, I'll be fascinated. I mean, I don't know. Do you have an instinct? Do you think Lofton will get minutes tonight? Would you bet yes or I, no? I, 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 would, I would put Lofton in the rotation. <laughs> A, 
you're going up against Jonas Valanciunas and right. Zaire Williams, so you need some bulk. Zaire Williamson, so you, Zion Williamson, so you need some bulk. Um, and, and this is one thing Kittle Walton has is that. <laughs> um, and you have, you know, you got five games before you get this extra roster spot. And I think you're going to use that extra roster spot on some kind of big, with some level of NBA experience. But you don't get that until game six. And I want to get as much information right now as I can about what Lofton's going to look like in real game action. So I would, I would pick Kittle Lofton out there. And, you know, I don't know if it's sink or swim, but it's, it's something like that. Is there anyone else that, I mean, we're getting more information about people all the time. Like, in terms of not just the competitive enterprise, but information gathering about all of this, I mean, Zaire Williams, we've seen him, we, we've seen him in, in the preseason, but let, let's see, that's certainly a critical one. How about LaRavia? Are you in, like, there's a chance he might emerge as a rotation player this year? I think you would like that. I mean, this is a guy who you took with in the first round. You traded up to get him in the first round. He was a multi-year college player. So there's a higher investment level. There's a higher pedigree level. And there's more age and experience with him than there is with Lofton. So, it, I mean, he should be better, more prepared right. to help you than Lofton. Um, he is, you know, he, he has certainly been more aggressive in this summer league and this preseason, and that is good. The shots still, aren't, still haven't been falling quite the degree that you would like them to. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I think both these guys, I don't know if they're both going to be in the rotation tonight because you can play Conchar. But, like, you know, it, 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 you got so many guys out, you're, you're sort of past the point of, like, just keeping projects at the end of the bench on your 15-man roster. Like, like everybody's got to be able to, to jump in and play at this point. Um, and, of course, this is – I mean, you've, you've said it many times. You, you don't – you're going to have injuries. You're going to have people take nights off. All of that, and so then when you lose Stephen Adams, it's not just that uh, it's not just that you have a different starter at the you know whatever. It's not just that Tillman's starting. It's that you will have other injuries. We just didn't know there would be other injuries for Game One. And honestly, part of the sort of fun was going to be all right. I'm 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 adjusting to Stephen Adams' news. I'm going to get to see a lot of Jaron and Santi Aldama. And and maybe yeah. and maybe we can outscore him. And again, this he's day, he's game he's day to day. This isn't a huge setback, but it is it is a little depressing. <laughs> um, so there you go. Go ahead. Thoughts? More thoughts? I guess Santi will be back, and we will see this. Right? We'll see more of it going forward. Yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of focus because it is opening night. It's the first game. It's the hoopla. It's the whole thing. Um, but you know, it is game one. Right. And it's not it's not an elimination game. And so, you know, it, whatever happens, uh, you know, you, you, you keep moving forward. Um, you know, the Lakers are 0-1 now uh, in the standings. The Golden State Warriors are 0-1. That's good. That was like, delightful. You know, yeah. right. Um, and uh, as we've pointed out, the Grizzlies have made the playoffs 13 times in their uh, 22 seasons, and that doesn't count the bubble play-in, whatever they call that. Uh, and they uh, – and they've only won five of their openers. So uh, there you go. The, these things are not these things are not dispositive for how the season um, will go. In terms of, did you read Zach Lowe today? Uh, did you read Zach Lowe's prediction about the Grizzlies today? I scanned the section that the Grizzlies were in. I had I too busy doing my own stuff. I haven't had time to read the whole thing, which I will at some point. But I scanned his section on the Grizzlies, and I've heard him talking already. And so like. Right. When, when he says, like, you know, even before the Adams injury, I was a little lower on the Grizzlies than a lot of other people. Like, like he has communicated that in podcasts and stuff before. 
I, I, I think that grouping he has them in is, is fair. I, I would not separate Sacramento and Minnesota from that group myself. But I, I do think on paper this pushes them down, you know, a little bit below the two teams that are 0-1 from last night. But, you know, that's on paper. And now this is why. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We play the games. Yeah, so he had them, just so people, uh, to reiterate, he had them in a a category that was worried in the West with Oklahoma City, New Orleans, Memphis, Clippers, and Dallas. And I certainly would not have put them in that category before the Steven Adams injury. I think now you could say, yeah, who's it'll be interesting to see how all those teams tackle all their various problems, which are self-evident at this point, right? I mean, well, the, the, the reality is you, you only have 10 spots that are above even the play-in line, much less the playoffs. Right. You have 10 spots that are play-in or better. Um, there are at least 11 teams in the West that, that – that believe they are going to be in the playoffs. That means at least one, and it could be more if some of these other teams like pops up unexpectedly, but, but at least one team in the West that fully believes it is a playoff team will miss even the play in and injuries. were always going to sort that out. And guess what? You just took a bad one, you know? And so uh, it's going to happen with other teams too. Like we don't know how many games Zion Williamson is going to play, how many games Kawhi Leonard is going to play on and on and on. So, the, so the, the Grizzlies injury hit they took with Steven Adams is like the beginning of this, and other teams are going to get hit too. But it is likely that injury stuff is going to be the main thing that pushes one of those teams even out of the play-in. And you cannot discount that the Grizzlies, the, the threat is real. The Grizzlies could be that team. I would say this. I, we were discussing with Jeffrey earlier the sort of best-case scenario and the worst-case scenario. Barring another John Morant blow-up, or barring another massive, you know, debilitating, you know, Jaron's out for the year, or like another really horrific injury. It's hard for me to imagine the Grizzlies being that team, uh, being the being the te- if they get a healthy jaw and a healthy and engaged jaw back and don't su- suffer another Stephen Adams injury. It would seem highly unlikely that they will be that team, partly because other teams will suffer that Stephen Adams injury, right? I mean, it yeah, seems. No, other, yeah, no. Other, I mean, you know, Gray, uh, Bradley Bill didn't play last night. Draymond right. Green didn't play last night. So all this stuff is going to happen. But, I, you know, I, so, so, I mean, my, my revised, I, I predicted the Grizzlies fourth before the Stephen Adams stuff. My yeah. revised prediction, I don't know, five, six, seven, somewhere right. in that range. That is still several spots above that line. But I don't, you know. I don't. It, it's there's a non-zero chance, and, and like you know, people shouldn't right. act like the Grizzlies are completely immune to to, to these downside right. risks. Yeah. They are very susceptible to them, but so are other teams, and 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 other teams may be still even more susceptible, like New Orleans and the Clippers and some of these in, in Dallas. And in the same way that we that we talk about, sometimes the stars align, and it is your year. That is the hope. Sometimes the stars align. Other the other otherwise and it is the year right. that you have a down year and it actually doesn't mean you're doomed as a franchise then either you just had a really bad year 
and bad luck or whatever else, bad circumstances happen. I was talking to, to John about the best case scenario, and he was looking at me like I was a lunatic because I said, Jock comes back engaged. Dez and Jaron are all-star level players. Um, Zaire takes a step, and they make a deal to get a big at some point. I still think the ceiling is, you know, Western Conference Finals or something. I mean, I can imagine it. Just like, don't you think? I, I, I agree completely. And what, what I would most want out of this season as a Grizzlies fan or, or if I'm Zach Kleiman or whatever. Yeah. You, I mean, you know, you never know when, you're, when your time's going to be, right? Like, right. You'd you like to win a title and have a parade down Bill Street. Well, sure. It's always but what that goal, I really Chris. want, uh-huh. Uh-huh. right. But what I really want is to come out of this season feeling like I have rebuilt momentum toward that goal and feeling like, okay, we got to go into the summer and do whatever we need to do because next year can be our year. I want, to, I want to come out of this season feeling like you're there. Even if you don't get there this season, I want right. to feel like I got Ja back on track. I got I, all these things you just said. All these things have happened. They're all come together. We're one move away. We're one string of good luck away. We can go all in as an organization to try to compete for a title next season. We've got it all back on track. It's very off track right now because of Steven Adams and John Rant and all of that. But I want to get it all back onto that track. And even if that means, you know, you lose a competitive first-round series or you lose in the second round or you get to the conference finals and you come up short, whatever, I want to have a good season now, and I want to come out of that season feeling like we are right on the cusp. We're back where we want to be. Let's go all in for it next season. I, I want to be able to come into the summer feeling that way. So did you figure out how to watch the games last night? Kinda. It's not a permanent solution, but what I did discover is that on, on I don't know whether it's League Pass or NBA.com because I was on my computer, but there is a thing with the TNT games where you can watch for free from from sort of alternate camera angles. You don't get the you don't get the announcers. Really? It's kind of a cool, a cool thing. You can either choose like the camera behind one backboard, the camera behind the other, a camera that follows star player on team A or a camera that follows star player on team B, or you can do this mosaic grid where you get all four images at once. And I watched a lot. I didn't watch all of every game, both games. I watched big chunks of both games sort of playing with that. So I don't think that's my permanent solution. I'm going to end up getting Hulu TV or DirecTV or one of these things at some point this season. But for now, that's what I did. All right. uh, Take them in order. What did you think of uh, uh, Denver Lakers? Uh, Jokic, I mean, I watched one stretch in the second quarter where Jokic just basically had his way with Anthony Davis every time down the floor, and that is something to see when you remember who Anthony (laughs) Davis is. Um, Jokic is an artist. Um, That starting lineup is exquisite. Um, And their depth, I don't know, but they got 82 games to try to figure it out and make it better. But, like, when they had those five players all healthy playing together, like, good luck. Um, The Lakers, yeah. I don't know. It's one game. I mean, Anthony Davis, there is this concern of, like, he can be one of the best players in the world on some nights and some weeks and some days, and then sometimes he's just not. Yeah. And, yeah, so you got that. I see everyone is sort of wringing their hands about, like, LeBron only played 29 minutes. LeBron's, like, 38 years old. Like, that sounds okay to me. Yeah. And so we'll see how that comes together. But, like, you know, if Denver has a starting five, man, Denver's tough. The second game, I have to say, your uh, dark horse MVP pick, Devin Booker, off to a fine start uh, last night. I really think that's what he's doing. Like, what was his stat line? Like 32, 32 6, and 8? 32, like, 8, and 6, yep. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I just, I just think that's what he's doing this year. Like, I, I don't think his season averages are going to be far off that. Like, maybe it's 28 instead of 32 or whatever. But I think that's what he's going to do this year. I think he's going to have a monster season. They're going to have the ball in his hands. Uh, he's going to be the guy. But with Durant and or Beal, like, out there alternately, the defense can't throw everything at him. He's going to have an awesome year. It's just a matter of what whether – or the Suns going to finish first or second or third or fourth or fifth, right? If they finish first or second, I think he's got a he's got a real chance to do that. But I think he's going to have a great year. I think that team has a very high upside. Like Denver, they get questions about their depth, and you saw that in the game. Unlike Denver, they don't have a perfect starting lineup that that you can count on. And so it's more it's going to be more of a journey for Phoenix to put the pieces together. But they got some pretty good pieces. How about the Chris Paul adventure? How do you feel about that? Uh, um, I, I still like Chris Paul as a player better than Jordan Poole. Like, they had issues with Jordan Poole that was more of a personal chemistry issue. Right. I think they have issues with Chris Paul that's more of a play style issue. Um, the way he plays is not – I mean, like, Chris Paul and Steph Curry are radically different basketball players in terms of how they play basketball. Now you're trying to fit a Chris Paul style into, like, a, a team that's built around, the, like, the Steph Curry style. That's complicated. But I think, you know, I don't put it past them to work that stuff out. I think Kaminga and Moody are going to be actual good rotation players this season. And so, you know, they played without Draymond Green. Right. I'm, you should be worried about age. That's an old team. So you should be worried about age and decline and games played and all of that. But I think the upside of that team is still pretty high. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks. Chris Hangen from the Daily Memphis. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.